Welcome to Out of Home Insider, the loudest voice in out of home and the first out of home podcast in the world to publish 100 episodes, a milestone that is truly reflective of this great community and all of the amazing guests that give the show its flavor. As with every great journey, this show started with a first step to way back on September 23rd, 2019. I sent today's guest a message on LinkedIn to see if he would be the first guest. He said yes, and the rest is history. In the beginning, it was just me, a free Zoom account, a 35 digital camera, and a MacBook Pro that wouldn't stay charged longer than 30 minutes. And I knew nothing about how to get a podcast on the internet, let alone how to get from episode one to 100. The number one thing I learned along the way from that process and from the guests is that the only discernible difference between people who make it and people who don't is that the people who make it just don't give up. That's it. They, the only difference is that they've quit fewer times than everyone else. So I hope that you take that with you too, wherever you are, to just not quit this time. And whether it's going from episode zero to episode one or episode one to 100, here's to finding your tribe along the way, wherever your journey leads. So this is it. Episode 100 with guest 001, James Heller, CEO of Rapify, the first person to take a chance on yours truly during this journey. And a huge, huge thank you to OneScreen.ai for continuing to power the dream, to Sam and Greg and Andre for taking a chance on me in a totally different way. So without further ado, let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the Out of Home Insider Show, a podcast like no other, hosted by the one and only Tim Rowe. ready to have some knowledge dropped on you and to be entertained because nothing's more valuable than food for your brain so sit back relax we're about to dive in as the best industry podcast is about to begin james heller a uh, hundred episodes ago you said yes to a linkedin message i didn't know what the heck i was doing i didn't know what what out of home was i didn't know uh how to run a podcast i had a 35 dollars camera and a macbook pro that couldn't stay charged longer than 30 minutes but you said yes and a hundred episodes later here we are. Welcome back. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. So uh, we were just riffing a little bit there on, you know, what does it look like for out of home to to grow from where we are today? You know, the only traditional format that's continued to grow um, as we've seen print and, uh, you know, traditional television start to, to fade off. Uh, talking about how do we go as an industry from 10 billion to well, the moon. I I don't know how how high we can go. Uh, so, what do you think if we just pick up there? Sure. Well, I mean, we got to first get to ten billion in the U.S. <laughs> All right. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Fair. We got to get to ten billion. But I mean, well, so kind of similar to you. Seven years ago, I had zero out of home experience outside of being on the buy side on a very very small scale. Um, but yeah, I mean, what we I I saw a market need to create a platform that gave marketers like myself, uh, I, I, you know, I'm a digitally native marketer by trade and I wanted to consume a media plot or use a media platform that felt like, and gave, had the metrics that, that I was used to being able to report to my financial organization on what I was spending and what it was doing in terms of driving uh, a KPI for the marketing organization. So that combined with, the rise of the gig economy, I thought, man, this would be such a cool product if I could measure it. And, and so that's kind of what, like, that was the ethos of Rapify in the beginning. Um, and so, you know, as I learned, I learned, you know, over the, in the first year, in the first couple of years, I learned so much about the space. 
And, and, uh, it really changed, it kind of like rewired my brain and, and changed the way I approached building product because you're, you know, when I, about seven years ago, when I entered the out of home world, media measurement was really, really, really far behind. Uh, and, and, and even if you look at it compared to today, like so much has, has changed in the last seven years in this space. And it's been really cool to see that. And there's a bunch of really cool companies doing a, a bunch of really cool things. But yeah, so for me, it was like, wow, this is a really, I didn't realize out of home was such a small percentage of total media spend. I, I just assumed there was a much larger chunk of it because it's for, to me, it was, it's, it's, it's awesome by the definition of awesome. Like you see it and just blow, right? Right. So I assume that like the size of the industry in this, in the U S was also going to be like equally awesome. And it wasn't at all. So, um, I think that's, you know, what's, what changed was rather than trying to grab a chunk of a really small pie, our approach is really to like help grow the pie. And with, while, while the pie gets bigger, we get a bigger percent, we get, uh, a, a, a bigger piece of that small percentage that we're taking away from it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, if you were to just distill all that, all that down, like the more you put in, the more you get out is kind of how I, how I'm approaching, uh, building a product in the out of home space. And I think that's, what's changed the most since we had our first podcast in, in, in terms of the way I look at this space and, and how we're growing and how we're building. It's, it's, Becoming, it seems to be, and hopefully it is becoming more of a theme. Um, I think that there are still probably two defined camps of, you know, the, the the folks that are thinking this way collectively. What's good for out of home is good for all of us. Rather than getting a a medium pizza, why don't we get a large pizza? Because your slice just got bigger. I like more pepperoni. Um, so why don't we try to make this the the, the whole pie bigger? And I, I'm seeing that we're seeing good collaboration. We're seeing. You know, particularly on social, great shout outs from agencies to media partners and just giving more of that recognition. But there is still a stalwart group that, hey, I saw you on, um, you know, I, I saw an advertiser on my competitors format. Let me let me try to get them to buy me now and I'll compete on price. And it's a race to the bottom. Right. And then the share of wallet never really gets any bigger because we're just cannibalizing one another's advertisers. Um, and looking at a lot of the, the logos behind you, you've worked with a lot of brands that are new to out of home or they they're, they're not even thinking about um you know they're not they're not buying rapify because it's out of home they're buying it because it's a it's a performance channel and it's more similar as you spoke to to what they're used to digitally native performance marketers these are metrics that i understand and uh and i'm able to build this into into some of my my media mix modeling where are you seeing like the conversation go with marketers specifically in terms of the expectation from us as an industry and what they ultimately want to achieve, which is being able to predictably scale uh, their spend in the channel because it's working. Well, I think one of the things that's happening, and this is pretty like, I'd say this is pretty binary, is as each new year goes by, that the age of the of the marketer that's making decisions on behalf of brands and when where they're coming from is trending more towards digitally native. So, you know, a lot of the folks that control traditional media budgets and brand marketing budgets that were buying traditional out of home, many of them have now exited the market. They're retiring. Mm. They're no longer part of the space. And you've got this new guard, like 
think about it this way. Somebody's got five years of experience out of college, right? Right. Five years of experience out of college. That means that they graduated in what, like 2017. Yeah. Yeah. 2017, they entered the space. They made it become uh, an associate at an agency, became a planner or now a group director. And so again, like they're coming from a place where like many of these folks never, <laughs> never experienced life pre-internet, right? That's like, a great point. You know, like they've these never are known a like, world without. They don't even know. Yeah. They've never <laughs> yeah. experienced life pre-internet. Like I, I think my generation's probably like the last one that got, to, got a smidge of pre-internet life. Right. Right. So I think that that really changes the way media buying and, 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 and evaluating different media channels in this kind of going into the 2020, 2030 uh, era of buying media. And so kind of going back to like expansion of the pie, like the, did we are now we've gone like full circle. It's no longer like traditional media trying to get used to buying digital. It's almost the other way around now. Wow, we've got, great we've point. got, we've got digital folks. That is now like the new traditional yeah. And they're having to like learn how to buy this age old medium that's been around for hundreds of years. And I think that, yeah, like having mixed media modeling, having really good data visualization, having, you know, the ability to not just track impressions, but like all the way through to attribution online, in app, in store, like that is what digitally native marketers like they need, they want. That's what they're used to. Um, there's also something to be said about brand. And I think that's another thing that like, I actually agree with some of the, the, uh, the legends in the out of home space where there's there, the, the narrative is, well, there's, you know, there's, there's something to be said about the importance of brand and using out of home as a, as a, as a medium to drive brand because it is the, it is the heartbeat in the neighborhood, right? It is For something sure. that it is, it is something that it's really, really hard to like apply a digital metric to. Um, and so that's another thing. Like when I'm talking to a performance, like a performance marketer about the importance of brand, sometimes it's really hard. It's like almost like you're talking to a wall because they just, they don't get it. Sure. Uh, there's no spreadsheet that calculates. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't have a correlation. Like, well, how do I, I'm like, brand. Well, no, there's, there's, that is an, that, that is an important, that is an important component of what you're spending and also like what your, what your company is doing in terms of your voice and your brand message and how your brand makes me feel when I see it. Right. That's, that's a hard thing to measure sometimes. <laughs> it's a really so, hard so, thing to measure. So I think there's like this kind of like split camp of not, it's not that one side is right. One side is wrong. It's they're both important. And I think we need to, I think we need to educate and articulate the value of our, of our mediums to solve both of those problems. Like, it's not like, oh, well, brand's important. That's what out of home's for. Measurement's going to be secondary and, you know, versus measurement's the most important thing and brand is is impossible to measure. So we don't, you know, we're not going to care about that. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think that's another, like there's a new guard uh, in terms of the folks that are evaluating and making purchasing, have purchasing power in the out of home space. And that's just evolving and changing because of the people who are entering the workforce and the people who are now five, all going on 10 years of experience in the space. 10 years. 10 years, a decade. Yeah, like 10 years of experience in media buying is a 
like a pretty or people who are evaluating or have a decision or a decision makers in a media buying uh, cycle, like that's a that's a pretty experienced person, right? They bought a lot of media, and and, and so no, knowing that the education gap um, is is equal parts opportunity and, and maybe equal parts threat um, for the industry at large. Our messaging doesn't, for me, as a digitally native marketer, our, the messaging from our industry doesn't really align with those expectations. I don't know that I could send, you know, a recent, uh, you know, hey, 48% of millennials remember seeing a poster uh, snippet and that that would be the convincing bit of data that, you know, push someone over over the hump. So, okay, if, 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 if the industry is maybe behind on messaging, and you know companies like Rapify and, and companies that are understanding digital marketers, you're able to have a, you know a more direct conversation about this is how it works. How do we start to bridge that gap between kind of like the first movers um, and the rest of the industry at large, which we need. We need to we need to bring everybody along. We need to be singing from the same the same song. How, how do you envision that coming together with some of the you know just fractured mes- messaging? across the industry? I don't know that I have an easy answer there. That's a pretty, it's kind of a, I think it's kind of a hairball. Um, you got, I think part of it is we've got people who've been doing it a certain way for so long that changing that is going to be really, really difficult for some of those organizations. Um, some of them are such large you know, large moving, slow moving animals that are just going to keep chugging along and getting bigger incrementally year over year, that they're going to, why would they change? They're going to sure. just keep doing it. Um, so, I, you know, I think it really is up to the more innovative, smaller, scrappier, more nimble platforms that are entering the space to expand upon the pie. You know, I think a lot, one of the things that's very similar um, to the, the, the platform you work for and and Rapify is that a bunch of the revenue we capture is from folks that may never have purchased out of home before in the past. Now, granted, we do work with a lot of big brands that buy a ton of out of home, but uh, a big chunk of the the revenue we capture is from the digital marketer that wants to use budget that was previously like over they they might have been over indexing on Facebook or they might have sure. been basically getting diminishing returns on 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 Google and so they're looking at reallocating components of that budget to other things that could drive more value and i think that is a big opportunity for out of home and i think the only real way to capture that is by being able to be able to help those those individuals showcase the metrics that came from that spend absolutely um, so I think it's, yeah, to distill that down, I think that we need to capture uh, a component of wasted digital spend and, and get it piped into out of home because it is, it's more valuable here in most, in many cases. Maybe like just to take the, if we were to just take the money that came from digital ad fraud, just push it into out of home. Mm. The value, the value would, I, I would bet on the value of that being much higher than bot traffic, right? So <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, yes. so I think, and, and if we were to just take that amount of revenue, and move it in out of home, we probably like double the amount of probably double the revenue in the US. Yeah, it's super right, valid. And if not double, a big, a big, big step up from where we are today. I think we would cross the $10 billion mark 
in big step up and it would make all the other stuff work better. It would make the, it would make the pay-per-click work better. It'd make the paid social work better. It would make, that's the one plus one equals three factor that uh, out of homes. Yeah. Right. It's hard to quantify, but we know it's there. Yeah. Well, so like, you know, what's funny about that is this is kind of another piece uh, about the out of home space. that I think it's kind of interesting. Um, we're we still like cite a article that Facebook put out about, and this is like in Australia about how it wasn't even the US, but how like out of home made the Facebook ad spend more effective. Like the out of home industry still cites that. Um, and we haven't done, a, a, and there are, are there are studies in the US that have been put out since then, but like we should double down on that. It totally works. Like the recall that we create in the out of home space makes the digital more valuable. I think that's a really awesome narrative that brands should get behind because it works. Um, I think that the other thing that's that's like very was interesting to me in the beginning, and I and then I've fallen victim to doing this. So I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, but I, I we we post pictures of our brand, our wrap vehicles on on our our social all the time. But like, when was the last time you saw Facebook or Google like screenshot an ad that was but some big brand was running on their channels and shared on their LinkedIn. Right. I think we should, I think we should, I think it's cool. I think that we should showcase like the, the awe that we create in the out of home space. But I think that we should spend more time like showcasing what we did, what it actually did in terms of affecting the brand's performance and the marketing performance of the campaign. I think like that, that would, as a marketer, if I could be like, okay, cool. But like, what, what did that actually do? What did it, what did it do to, for the brand? Oh, we deployed, you know, these billboards in these markets and we demographically targeted specific neighborhoods and we saw a X percentage in, in revenue increase in these markets during the campaign period. Like show me that kind of stuff more. It'd be cool if some of the bigger players in the space were able to do that. And I know it's a delicate dance too, because you, it's really hard to get the brand's permission to like divulge or let you share metrics like that sometimes or most of the time. But I think we should try a little harder. I think it, it would shine a better, a bigger light on out of home. I agree. I remember the first time that I, as a local billboard salesperson um, in Eastern Pennsylvania, I, I had asked an advertiser for Google Analytics access. It was a, a group that helped homeless men get back on their feet. They're about two blocks down from the county prison. And, um, you know, they give them a, a safe place to stay and get clean and you know, get some job skills and get the resumes updated and that sort of thing. And asked them for Google Analytics. And they did a digital billboard um, uh, program across the market. And James, everything, everything was up. Google conversion goals were up. Direct traffic was up. Organic traffic was up. Average website donation value was up. Everything was up, and um, that for me was the that was setting the hook in in, in the power of out of home. Um, but when I started to socialize some of that data internally with with the sales leadership, I was actually told, "Be careful how much you talk about that." And I thought, "Are you are you kidding me?" As a digital marketer, I'd love to be able to increase my conversion goals by 90% by changing one tactic, by changing one tactic. I'd love to be able to do that anytime. Um, but there was, there was this you know, um, effort to kind of suppress that 
to avoid associating out of home with, with being a performance channel, which that to me was so crazy, but that was ultimately the inspiration for the podcast. And now we've seen that time and time again at one screen, um, brands that have never done out of home, born online, spending a half million dollars a month on Facebook ads. And they're saying, this doesn't scale. This is no longer effective for me. I need to test offline channels. I need to figure this stuff out now because the good old days are gone. And if I don't figure it out now, I don't know what that's going to mean for my brand 12, 18, 24 months from now. So they're coming in and they care about like, really like two things. Can you reach my audience in a way that is, is aligned with my brand budget and goal? And can you give me directional feedback? Can you show me what the impact of that was? in my Google analytics? Can you show me with something more deterministic than that? Brands are just looking for at this point, can you reach my audience and give me directional feedback? Like the bar is still very low right now. And that's such an opportunity um, for brands to test and play and, and do a lot of things that they've never been able to do before to introduce out of home to marketers who've typically deployed a lot of money online, but haven't gotten an opportunity to, to play with the canvas that we offer. And to be able to talk to brands about things that they never even knew that they could do or measure, and then to see the relief and the excitement about, hey, I'm going to be able to keep growing my company, um, and 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 in a fun, engaging way. Are you seeing similar, you know, similar stories with the brands that you're working with? Like, what what's the feedback been uh, after they get a taste for for what what you're able to deliver? Well, usually it starts and it's kind of interesting because we we built. 2022's marketing message to Rapify around this theme of I didn't know you could do that, mm. and 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 the reason why we did that is you know when we're talking or when we're we're when we're having the opportunity to speak with a brand about our platform, and and usually when we're talking about our platform, we're not talking about like you need to buy just Rapify, don't buy any other stuff. Like we're the end all be all. Like no, we're talking we're usually talking about like how Rapify works with your large format, traditional, your digital, like how it's kind of the intersection between out of home and digital. And when we, when we walk them through um, our dashboards and, and the attribution that we provide, the ability to trigger multi-channel retargeting, and, and then that light bulb goes off and it's usually like, usually along the lines of, oh, wow, I didn't know you could do that. You know, they, yeah. we thought you were just a car wrapping company. We thought you just wrapped Ubers and Lyfts and, and that was where the beginnings and ends of your value were. And so I think that continue like doubled doubling down on education is important. Um, I think, I think it's important for us to share more about the performance and less about like just pictures of billboards and wrapped cars and buses and, you know, uh, all the different things that, that are in the out of home space in terms of the physical fee. I think it's important to showcase those, but I think it, we should spend a little bit more time showcasing the metrics if we can. Um, I think that will help elevate the space. It'll we did. go ahead finish that thought. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it'll help elevate the space if more marketers are, are getting, cause it, it, it's still not known. Like we get, we talked to some pretty big brands about Rapify, and we also we're not, about Rapify and the media measure we bring to the table. And we also tell them like, "Hey, this is not just exclusive to Rapify. Like, <laughs> you can get attribution for like all the other stuff. Um, you're able to do a lot of really really interesting things uh, in the out of home space. Like, this is stuff that you should be evaluating. This is stuff that you should really consider 
integrating into your media mix. And yeah, it's always like, a, oh, wow, we just thought this is like a brand top of the funnel brand marketing thing that we couldn't measure. Um, so we, yeah, we hear it often. Yeah, I believe that we hear we hear the same the same the same accord. And something that we don't hear as often, um, particularly with, with you know these types of marketers who are trying to reach an audience and drive an outcome, is there's not a whole lot of conversation around what's your CPM. Typically, when we hear someone asking about a CPM, it's 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 a little bit of a, a step back for us and okay, have we missed a step here? You know, is, is this a good fit for, you know, the type of campaign that, that we're going to do here and that the marketers we're working with, can you reach my audience? Right. And, and can you give me some sort of feedback? Because if you can, right. If it, if you can show me that if I give you a dollar, it creates three, then it's not really a conversation about well, what was the cost of a dollar, right? It's just how many times can I give you a dollar and you can give me three back. Do you, is that consistent with conversations that you're having? Um, is, is there as much of an emphasis on CPMs when you're talking to performance marketers? Uh, it, more, it was more so in, in 2017, 2018, kind of going into the, into 2020. Uh, but no, I mean, that's cause CPM is really more about like, how, 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 how cheap is this for the amount of people I could reach? Right. And, but the thing is like, you have a really low CPM and not have a good outcome. Sorry. Can have trash. A, like, yeah. Yeah. You can have a cool, like you could pay a $3 CPM and then have, have no, nothing to show for it. Right. You saved, you didn't save any money. You just paid for a really, really cheap CPM that didn't drive a marketing outcome. So I think, yeah, there's more of an emphasis on the outcome, you know, the CPA, and right. like the the percentage lift and incremental conversion, like that, is that's where the the magnifying glass is. That's where I think marketers should be more focused, and I think for the most part are more focused. I agree. I agree. Twenty twenty two is underway at this point. Um, Rapify is growing quickly. You're building. Um, you know, you've, you've got. I think a first time CFO. You've got a VP of marketing. You're building out an SDR team. Talk to me a little bit about what what does the next year look like for Rapify? Well, right now it's we're 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 acting on the plan that we were planning on uh, deploying in 2020 <laughs> um, with with 2020 and 2021 behind us. So actually, like while that was a very challenging time, and uh, you know, million plus people have perished as a result of that. You know, we don't take that lightly. Uh, it was it was not it was not a fun time for the world, and we're still dealing with it. But um, we did, you know, it did help us harden some metrics. It helped us maybe it helped us avoid some some pitfalls that we might have uh, we might have been challenged, faced with if we didn't experience 2020. So again, like I think it's a another example of hard times can create good men and women. Amen. Um, the, uh, this year is really just double doubling down on everything we've learned in the last seven years, uh, and, and expanding and taking and taking what's not just now in my head, but bringing folks, bring, bring folks to the team that are smarter and 
better at their at their at their jobs than the one that I'm than, than me trying to do a bunch of those things. So I'm ex- I'm personally very excited about that. Um, but yeah, like expanding the sales organization, building a real marketing organization, um, ex- you know, building out the executive leadership team, and and scaling the business is it's something that I've been driving towards now for seven years, and I'm I'm really excited about it. We've gone zero to one, one to one hundred. It's been uh, a little bit over two years, James Heller. I can't thank you enough for always. You'll always be. You'll always be episode number one. Uh, you were the first one to say yes, and and I'm eternally grateful for that. So I'm really, really appreciative of you coming back 100 episodes later. For folks that don't know how to find you online, where are you most active? What's the Latin long? Um, give, give folks the lowdown on how to find James Heller and learn more about Rapify. I mean, link, LinkedIn is absolutely the most active place that you'll see me. So find me on LinkedIn. Otherwise, uh, you could reach me at my email, just the letter J at rapify.com. Easy enough. Well, we'll see you at a thousand, James. Thanks so much for being here. If you found this episode to be helpful, please share it with somebody who could benefit. As always, make sure to smash that subscribe button down the corner. And wherever you're listening to this, please throw the podcast to follow. It always helps. And we'll see y'all next time. Quarter century, I finally came to my senses. I finally got my hand up on the tinted bends, kid. I see the world clear through my tinted lenses. With the dream and the drive, the possibilities endless. Now print that, send this all the way to Tokyo. Take a trip down south, down to Mexico. Next stop, Shanghai, the world class trade show. First class all the way, cause that's how we roll. Yeah, call us the rock star businessman. Rocking shows, we handle business, man. We got our own future in the palm of our hands. Cause divided we